Hello and welcome to You Should Have Been Here Last Week, uh, which is a show where we talk to promoters who work in the comedy industry in the UK. I'm Paul Ricketts. <laughs> Here's my fellow interviewee host, Steve Gribbin. Say hello, Steve. Hello. Our guest today <laughs> is going to be Shay Burnley, uh, who is the promoter behind the Black Comedy Showcase, which has been doing um, showcases in the Edinburgh Fringe since 2017, I think. He's also a very good friend of mine and and yours as well, Steve. Yes, indeed, yeah. Uh, and I, I should say that he's doing it at the Royal Court in Liverpool. It's a permanent base for the, uh, the Black Comedy Showcase, isn't it? Yeah. So here's Shay Burnley. With us here today, uh, Shay Burnley, who's... Um, uh, runs the Black Comedy Showcase uh, in Edinburgh Festival and in Liverpool and various points around the Northwest. Um, welcome Indeed. to the show, Shay. Hello, thanks for having me. We always start off with the same question. Um, you know, why? Why did you get into it? Why did you do it, Shay? Why? Basically, it, it was a weird one um, for for this because I'd done a little bit for. Um, Rawhide Raw ages ago. So Sam Avery, the, he was running the Gong Show uh, in Liverpool, uh, and he gave it to me and my mate Pete McColl. Uh, he said, "I haven't got enough time to do this. Would you like to run the Gong Show?" And, it, and for a while, it was it was pretty fun. But my God, is it a boy? <laughs> it should have sworn me off doing anything like that. But I'm, a, I'm again coming from Oldham. I'm a glutton for punishment. I, I, I don't feel pain. <laughs> I did some shows in Edinburgh. I started to get into the comedy scene, and then I had kids, so um, it, it took a bit of time away from that. And then I was, I, would, I like Edinburgh, and I like going up there because you can do long form comedy and, and you can do weirder stuff. And um, one of the guys from PBH, he just said, um, said to us, "We've got, got Welsh showcases up here, Scottish showcases, Irish showcases, female showcases, all this kind of stuff. How come there isn't a black showcase?" And you went, and I and I again coming from Oldham and, and um, watching stuff like the comedians and the wheel tappers and shunters club. Uh, God knows how I'm dead young, but um, I remember them. <laughs> uh, I said to him, "Yeah, yeah, why isn't there?" And I said, "You know what? I'm going to run one. I'm going to do one, and I'm going to do it like at the reverse of Bernard Manning." Because I always had that in my head. It'd be really funny to do that in the opposite way of of the Embassy Club in in reverse. Um, and then I did the first one, I think, in 2017. Uh, and I realised why nobody had done one before, because it's a massive ball ache to run anything. <laughs> and it's, in, in Edinburgh, like, I'm not saying it's not diverse, but I had to, I had to, for most of the first one that I did, I had to wear different wigs and hats and pretend that I was different black people. Uh, and, um, <laughs> I, played, I played a very good Paul Ricketts once. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so part of it was somebody just saying why has this never been done and i thought yeah let's do it and then there was another part of me that when it's hard it's, it is actually hard for a lot of black comics to get stage time um or at the time it was i think it still is up, up north especially uh and it's hard for them to do anything alternative um sort of like so people expect in one sense sometimes people expect you to do black comedy right and then in another sense they'll go why do you always do this black comedy stuff and it's sort of like for us it's basically just observational comedy but you know which happens to be black so that that's where it came from it i did that and then it, it a lot of the comics that got the time there was like i oh, know this is a really good idea 
So we just kept running it and running it and running it. And now it's starting to build. And then people from the Royal Court in Liverpool said, this is a good idea. Do you want to do it here? So that was nice. And it's starting to spread. Um, and it just means that not only do the comics get to sort of like have more gigs and come, it means that people get to see different voices. It's not just, it, we are very loose on what we define as black. <laughs> very, very loose. <laughs> <laughs> couple of questions come out of that which is one why is it difficult for black acts to uh, to find gigs in the north this year i've i've really struggled to get any northwest black acts um i think there was a bit off the top of my head i think there was less than 10 that i can call on a, a, a drop of a hat a lot of acts go let's move to london because that's where all the work is that's where you know i can gig every night and i can do all these gigs and i get that but it's just sort of like it just leaves a dearth up here. And again, I think there's I think there is sometimes a hesitance. I've done gigs where I've gone, these people are not gonna like me. And sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. Um in Preston, I'm always right. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's not Preston. I love the people of Preston. My little brother lives up there. It's Leyland in Preston. Uh, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> There is a drive for a lot of people. Comedians essentially they go, oh, you know, it's like Dick Whitton. I'll find my fame in London. So a lot of, lot of people that's where they think they've got to move to. Um, but when you when there is a small group of that in an area anyway, and then they all disappear, you're left with less. So I'm at the, part of the showcase at the moment. We're we're putting together uh, pathways for young black um commit not just comedians, writers. Uh, if they want to do tech stuff, we're doing trying to do pathways so that they. There is a base, and they don't have to sort of move away from the towns. Liverpool Museum have been talking about this. Is that um, they asked me how many black comedians did I know in Liverpool, and I was like going, "Well, uh, there is there is our David. Our David doesn't do it that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our David, that's <laughs> then is that then is that Chris? Then is that no? <laughs> Sarah Levine, yeah. Sarah Levine uh, and uh, Kyle Legacy, uh, Callum Oakley, and then you then you're running out mm. of, of of acts, and it's and it's just sort of like we're going to have to start making our own, and and then also at the same time going here's a platform for you. You don't have to move out of Liverpool. You can do the northwest mm. if you want. I can't remember which which comedian said it, it um, but they looked at it like a game of risk. Is that they would you know you make sure that you're good in one area, and then you move on to the next area. So that you, you're not going all over the country, and a lot of comedians are moaning at the moment, especially in Edinburgh this year. We're going, oh, it cost me so much, and, and you know the price of everything. And it's like, if you if we had if we had a bit of ability to plan stuff better, but the, that that sort of um, you know prejudges the fact that um, well the the venues would have to be uh, willing to do that themselves, and then... yeah, well. It's... I, I'm, an, I'm an optimistic pessimist. It's like when uh, the comedian said, we need to set up a union, and everybody went, it'll never work. And I was like, why, though? Why, you know, I don't, I don't know. There's got, there's got to be a different way because it doesn't seem like it's working for us at the moment. That's that's my thing. The sad thing mm. is there is a union. It's equity. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> completely and utterly useless. I can say this as a member and someone who regularly... <laughs> gets in contact with the president who must, you know, every time he sees my emails come up, because I keep on saying stuff to him, like, why don't you do something? Yeah, that, that would be useful. Yeah, just anything. <laughs> I don't care what it is. <laughs> I, I have a run with them. 
with um and it was it was all amicable but again it's nothing gets done because it was um somebody complained about me putting an advert out asking for black acts and so i was like i need black comedians black musicians black you know black jugglers whatever it was because it was because again i'm trying to do a cabaret thing so it's not just comedy um and there isn't a lot out there and i put up an ad on facebook comedy forum or something like that yeah and uh, i somebody complained about it they went oh if this was done the other way this would be seen as racism and i was just I was like uh, and a load of people jumped to the defense and just went just look at what he's asking for it's not anything like this and then yeah. he went off this person went off on one but then reported me to equity so even though i'm not a member yeah. equity had to get in touch with me and sort of like go oh about this uh advert that you put up um it's been flagged as racist and i was like going, what the? i would doubt that the person who complains about you is even a member and neither are you but when you think yeah. of the stuff they could be doing like sorting out increases in money and they go oh no it sounds like it's a little bit racist really how would you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know what? They were, they were very, very, I say polite about it. It's because I wrote a two page letter that slagged them off. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a member of Equity. I don't answer to you. <laughs> it's just sort of like, I'm taking time out of my day because I actually care about this kind of stuff. But this guy's a prick. <laughs> yeah. I, I spoke to other, other promoters who actually said, oh, yeah, we've had dealings with him. Um, I, I was going to ask, though, Shay, Shay, do you think that, um, do you, you said there's a dearth of um, opportunities for the black performers to perform in Liverpool. So how do you how do you find them? Do you, do you have is it email or it's it's a it's a, I use Edinburgh as a base and sort of like I get to see loads and loads and sort of like it's it's becoming it's word of mouth more than anything else because as a comedian I am lazy. Uh, as, um, <laughs> I, I'm sure it's ADHD. Um, I can't organise my brain. Um, and yeah, so I get to see a hell of a lot of comedians up there. Uh, and then people get passed on to me, and you know, I get uh, referrals from other comedians because the, the comedy community is lovely. Uh, the best, you know, in its essence, all comedians are trying to work together and sort of like uh, help each other where they can. Uh, and then every now and again, you go, you get somebody who just say, says, "If I black up, can I be one?" Uh, yeah, and, uh, uh, <laughs> they did one. There's one in the pro comics forum uh, in Facebook, which is where a lot of comics uh, and promoters put their gigs. I'm just saying this for yeah. the listeners. It's it's like the online online version of the Dockers Gates, isn't it? Yes, it, it is. Standing outside the gates at the docks. Yeah, <laughs> Tim, <laughs> who wants it's to buy me a drink? Come on. <laughs> Are you a comic? I can yeah. do that. exactly exactly yeah (laughs) so recently there was a post in there for a gig it said black comics wanted for black history month gigs in prison yeah and all these white comics goes well i might my son might be black and i thought my god because they've stopped doing that with female gigs now no one says anything anymore yeah they now realize keep my mouth shut on that one but uh, it was weird to see one that a gig, the only time I've ever seen a black uh, comedian's wanted gig in that forum, it's for people in prison. That that got yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody to speak to their own. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Even I was thinking, where's the gig for white people in prison? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> They're in a different wing. 
It's, well, this, this is the weird thing is that is I comedians go on about how oh, freedom of speech and all this kind of stuff, and we, we you know, with these uh, these sort of you know, we're talking about all these issues that nobody. I think that's one of the issues that that really needs dealing with. It, it, even even the uh, the Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff. It, it was sort of like the Russell Brand stuff that happened recently. It was sort of like, yeah, yeah, we've got him now. That's done. And I've had this driving down here. I had the conversation with my mum. My mum works in victim support, and he said, "What what happens afterwards? Where you've got to rehabilitate people, or you've got to because it's sort of like we've ca- we've caught it, and you go right, okay, but." how do we discuss this now and have an adult conversation about it and nobody does so that's why you get those people who go oh for black up and you're going i get that you think that that's funny let me tell you why it's not right <laughs> <laughs> if, it's a, if it's my mate and we've got a rapport i could yeah fair enough we can have that kind of banter we are not that close we may be the same in the same sort of like genre but we are not that close and I can't tell online whether or not you are so there is a connection and we're having a proper joke or you are actually racist when somebody when you want to have a serious conversation about it nobody wants to so Mm. it's just sort of like yeah oh you've been awkward so okay difficult in Liverpool why difficult in Edinburgh yeah Again, again, this is a it's a bigger picture, and it sounds like you're whinging sometimes. Uh, and I get I get why some comics go oh, black black comics moaning about it, such and such. There's loads everywhere. No, in London there is loads. Um, there is a there's a a problem across the board anyway. So uh, Edinburgh is not for working class people. I, I get that some people don't understand what it's like to be working class and try and do comedy because how would they know if you've been brought up where you've you've got money? Right. If you're working class, you can't afford it. Edinburgh is so expensive. Yeah. It just so happens that a lot of working class people happen to be black. Right. It's just sort of like they can be rich black people, they can be middle class black people, but a lot tend to be working class. That's just the way it is. Nobody has this conversation about it. So we're not jealous of rich people. It's just that's how it's structured. So there's obviously going to be less black people in Edinburgh. There's less black audience members. There's less black comedians. There is, there is a, quite a few. But a lot that I spoke to just went can't afford it. <laughs> it's just sort of like yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a knock-on effect. So working class people of any colour, they find it harder because we're a subsection of that. It's even harder, harder. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what are your plans for it? What are your plans for the black comedy show? Do you see it expanding uh, to every city in the north? Or I mean, what would you like to see happen? Everybody goes. Well, we need more black comedians, but then when you do it, people go, "Well, why do we need this black knight?" And and I had this idea that we, I would run it, and then as soon as we'd solve racism, I didn't have to do it anymore. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. So, uh, no. yeah. <laughs> but, but the idea was, the, the idea was, is you set something up, and then there is a platform, and then you get all these new comedians coming through, and then it's not an issue. But yeah. it still is. It still is for working class comedians. It still is for female comedians to a degree. Um, but my my overall thing there is that it, I don't know. I, I would like to think that th- there is a lifespan to it, and then we can stop because that's the, the society's got better. Till then, I wanted. I want to give my ethos was I want to find a female black Vic and Bob. I want. I want black comedians to be able to be as weird as sort of anything out there everybody sort of sees that kind of i want to be prior i want to be Chappelle, i want to be one of those Mm. but nobody goes there is no example for for a lot of black comedians of going i want to be avant-garde i want to be weird because if you already when you go on stage as a black comedian people are going are they going to do black stuff (laughs) are they going to do this are they going (laughs) to in the north 
I think there is a kind of apprehension sometimes because it's not as metropolitan as London and everything like that. But he's just sort of like, oh, what's he? What's he he's not a, uh, this woman's not going to talk about women things. I think this black person's not going to talk. So you've got to do a preamble of going, I'm Che and this is my heritage and this is this. And the other. I want I want somebody, people to just walk on stage and just do weird shit. Have you found anybody like that yet? Or have you have you heard of anyone doing that sort of stuff? Any black acts? Not not really. Um there's there's a great comedian that there's there's one of my favourite ones that I've seen in the last few years is, is uh, Kitty Messalina and she reminds me very much she's a like a, a Victoria Wood and I thought that was brilliant because hey, she's very filthy but um, it's just sort of like oh she plays the piano and she and she does comedy songs yeah. Yeah. that's a step already it's just sort of like oh my god that's <clears throat> it's not about getting rid of a genre come on let's get rid of all the white mates straight straight males it's sort of like you know what's interesting if you have a bill where you have loads of different voices because not all black people all come from black land right and we all and we all have like the same experiences um, it's, um, so i'm uh, my dad's from barbados my mom's from manchester i know people who you know trinidadian heritage or african heritage and um uh, there was oh, a guy called louise um this year he's gay and he's scottish uh black scottish yeah and sorry. i was like going yeah he's lovely yeah but it's again it's another it, i people think that oh well you just you'll get him because he's black it's a step for me because oh my god you're scottish and black and you're gay as well and it's just sort of like there's all these different things strands that mm. you can start talking about that i've got no idea about and i'm going oh my god that's so interesting phil jupiter used to be on before the black showcase and i used to plug the show and but I, I like poetry and I like haikus. I really like haikus. And um I did one for him because he was doing the porky the poet kind of stuff. And he said, Yeah, you can plug your show, but you've got to do a haiku for me every day. And and it meant that I got to do go into areas doing sort of comedy haikus in poetry in arts clubs and stuff like that. And I went, Oh my god, there's a whole new revenue stream here. No, it's not yeah. much, but <laughs> the poetry money yeah. can't take well. <laughs> but I would look. I would look for other comics to go. Oh shit! We can do. We can do all this other stuff. And I, I think comics in general don't really. They go. Uh, I do my stand up. I do a special. That's it. And you go. No, you can. You can do whatever you want. It's just that you know people expect certain things of you. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. <clears throat> yeah, they, they, they people expect black comics to be the same. Hence, that's why we never get yeah. books more than one on a bill. <laughs> well, that, that was that was another thing I did with the showcase is that, um, and I didn't realise how much of a big deal it was. But um, all black female lineup, four black women, and I just went, I'm just going to stay out of the, the green room. You all talk amongst yourselves. And they went, this is just unheard of <laughs> outside of London. All of us to be getting together and to be left to our own devices. It's amazing. It's just sort of like, <laughs> but everybody looked at it as sort of like, oh, four black women. Are they all just going to talk about black periods? Uh, (laughs) they all had different voices and they all had different perceptions of stuff and and it was and everybody loved it and it was just sort of like it it actually draws a different crowd as well so all the black women in the audience and but all the black men in the audience and all the all the white audience members they saw something different and they went this is just a comedy night and it just so happens that that's the bill i mean that that leads on to the next question and what do you uh this is a heavy question now because we ask all the promoters this what do you think will happen in the future with comedy? Uh, I, I, I am, again, optimistic pessimist. At the moment, I, I don't know whether or not 
comedy will become more gentrified because it is the, it is for people with money and the travel costs and stuff like that. And but I think there is a big thing about the human human condition and and connection with other people. Is that I can watch uh, I. I I don't. I didn't know if this was me, and I'll ask this to you as well. This is my question to you: Is that I don't find watching comedy on DVDs or or on TV as fun as being there. I don't right. know. What, do you think that as well? You start off watching stuff on on TV or other media because you don't go, and then they go to comedy for the first time, and they realise, oh wait a minute, this is much 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 better than sitting at home yeah. watching it. But it used to be the other way around, of course, was that you never used to see hardly any stand-up unless you went to see it. And nowadays, uh, yeah. if you're a young comic or new comic, you can watch loads of it before you even step into a into a room. Yeah, and I, th- I think sometimes that that ruins it a little bit for the comics because they see stuff and then they pick up on stuff and sort of like you don't have to go and then learn that it's not always like that. It's sort yeah. of like at the moment, the, the clips are all sort of like, uh, and it's no disregard to to Paul Smith, but it, it's the, it's the main one. Good Paul's a good mate, but it's I think a lot of comics think that they've got to be exactly like that. And all comedy is, I'll rip my mate, and it's, yeah. it's not like that. It, it, that, yeah. that is that is spontaneous. That is spontaneous, and you'll never get that again. So some of the stuff that Paul does when he's riff, riffing on stuff, you will never get that again. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting you should say that about the, the TikTok clips that people have been putting. It's not just Paul Smith, but I've noticed that because people don't want to burn material, that's another major reason. They will do a clip of them interacting with the audience. So now people are coming along to comedy expecting that to be the whole evening. And of course, it can't be. Four acts just yeah. going, what do you do? What's your favourite pencil? Do you think that the, uh, the, the sort of online thing is going to, uh, have a, a harmful effect on live comedy, or do you think it's they're both they can both exist in the same world? I do think there is a space for everybody. I do, I do hope that quality control is upped. I think that is a problem. Um, uh, but again, the only way that you can raise the quality is by giving people stage time, letting them fail. That's another thing that um, the, the showcase, which trying to do the showcase, is that in Edinburgh. I don't mind if people are a little bit rubbish because everybody's got to start somewhere and everybody's got to get the stage time in to get better. Um, and I think there is, there is I, I've always been, I worked backwards by accident and I just thought you had to do an hour. So that's how <laughs> I just wrote, I wrote a load of stuff and then put it together like an hour. I worked backwards. I keep doing it. I keep doing it. Everybody keeps going, why don't you do the circuit stuff? And I go, I like writing an hour. And sometimes, sometimes I've seen uh, newer comedians get really arsy with older comedians, and vice versa, um, because sometimes people don't want to listen. But speaking with people like you and Paul and uh, and Mick and all the old school guys, everybody's got something to to add. I need to ask the question because there is a black circuit. Yeah. In uh, so people go, well, why are you doing this black showcase? Which leads on to the question: What is the audience then of a black showcase gig? My mum is is one of the reasons she comes to every show, um, apart from the last one where I made everybody thought she think that she died. I think this time my mum's no longer with us. She's in Derby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what had happened is that I went to a black a all black comedy night and took my partner who was white, and it was like a reverse of everything that I'd ever been to where a lot of the all male black comics and all of them did something about white women 
at some point. And every time they did that, everybody looked at my oh, car. God, no. and, <laughs> I could feel that. I could feel that. And it was so horrible. And I was like going, I feel, I so, I feel that, but I've had it myself. So I was like, and weirdly, one of the places that my, my partner and I, we went to see Paul, Paul's show in Edinburgh. And there was a, we were watching it and uh, my missus turned to me and she went, there was a load of Irish lads on the other side. And they're all, every time Paul mentions anything about race, a whole row of I, white Irish lads would just lean forward and turn to look at me. But that's, that's typical for being a black person in an audience and being the only black person in an audience, which happens quite a lot, is that anytime anybody talks about anything contentious, black or white, they all look at you. And it's, and, but when in reverse, it's horror, it's horrible too. So when, with our audiences, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get more black audience members from the local area for the Toxter, for instance, um, we're doing a lot of stuff in LA, in Liverpool, um, trying to go out to the local community, but I don't want that to be, oh, it's just a night for black people. It's just sort of like, it's for everybody. I try to make the white male audience members part of the show. And you've both seen that. So, um, but for anybody who hasn't come along to the show. It's funny that you should mention that, because I've seen that, you know, the, uh, back in the day. It doesn't happen so much now, but where a comic would do something, uh, say something borderline racist, and there'd be one black guy, and they go, it's all right, it's all right, he's laughing. That's the thing I don't like in audiences is where you feel like you have to laugh because the 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 group think or the the majority are all doing this. A lot of people told me about going to the embassy club and going this is Bernard Manning's club and going. Well, there was an Asian couple in the front and they laughed, or a black yeah. couple in the front and they laughed, and, and and it's sort of like, what do you think they're going to do? Just stand up and go, no, no, this is terrible, and then get ripped apart by you know Bernard Man wasn't a bad comic so he's going to absolutely destroy him so you know yeah. I'm not going to again sometimes I've not stood up when I when I should have called stuff out because it's easier said than done to speak up about stuff but there was a brilliant bit that Paul did uh two years ago do you remember Paul where um there was a, a Raji as they were called outside of the black showcase that you were on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's one of my it was my favorite story where where so, so we'd done a black showcase and paul was on and he was great he smashed it and, <laughs> uh, and um we were there was like it was just weird in edinburgh it was just a large group of black people just having a lovely chat and this this homeless drunk sort of scottish guy was just walking up the street and we were all in we weren't in the way but we were in the way yeah and i heard him and he, he just very quietly went excuse me excuse me and i, and I, and I noticed him and I, and I went oh sorry mate so i got out of the way but then he, he hit paul and a load of other black comics and he because he talked so quietly nobody really heard him and he took umbrage to this and then went Oh, you fucking! He started swearing and sort of like going how how inconsiderate and everything like that. Yeah, but he, he, he was he, he but he, he said something to you. I can't remember what he said. I apologised because I apologised and I said, "Look, yeah, you got a fair point. We're in the way. Um, sorry." But by that point, he'd already gone into full. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm. You know, you're coming here to my city. Take out. I go. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've apologised for blocking the pavement at the beginning of it 
he didn't really use race as a thing, right? He just said, you're all inconsiderate and blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what you believe. And he was obviously annoyed with us all. But it, we, we were, all, were all just like going, this is... Because you, you, you just went, you know what? Fuck off. Fuck you. Because he, he said fuck off to you first, right? <laughs> he said, oh, you fucking blah, blah, blah. And he went, no, fucking get the fuck off you because you know i've apologized and you know i've tried to be polite to you but fuck off fuck you i'm not having this and i was like going yeah fucking stand up to this prick right and i was like what's that he's not really he's not really using what he could use right now and we're all going i think all of us as black comedians are going he's not been that race and then all of a sudden he goes well why don't you lot all fuck off where you came from. And, we all, and then we all just applauded him. <laughs> and then and everybody, everybody had stopped. It was on Cowgate. Everybody had stopped to watch it, and it looked like a performance. We could have yeah. made some money out of that. He only did the racist stuff when he was about 30 yards away from us. I noticed that he had, he, the further away he got, the braver he became. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. It was great. That many black people in Edinburgh. It was be- it was beautiful to see. All his nightmares and dreams come true. Yeah, <laughs> it was a beautiful moment in my Edinburgh life. And yeah. thank you for that, Paul. I think that's a suitable way to end it, isn't it? Yeah, Paul? yeah. Thank you, Shay, for coming on our Thanks, show. Shay. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know why I'm losing my voice. I'm just emotional. That's what it is. He's emotional. Yeah. No, I don't know. Sort of, I get to talk to another black person. It's amazing. Another black person in comedy. It's not Edinburgh already, is it? Well, even the people who watch this uh, podcast will be saying exactly the same thing. Oh, my God, they yeah. got another black person on. <laughs> a lot of them will just be going, why Why does Paul keep taking his hair on and off? <laughs> <laughs> that was Shay Burley. Fantastic. Today, as with every sort of episode, we have uh, the comedy lexicon. And our word in the comedy lexicon for this edition of the podcast is cars, yes. uh, car etiquette, car petrol money, money behaviour in cars, and et cetera, et cetera. Because it, it is, you know, most comedians travel by car. And of course, there is a hierarchy in the car, isn't there, Paul? We sort of talked about this last week, that um, whoever's driving the car obviously is in the driving seat. But after that, you have the front passenger seat. And that normally goes to the highest ranking comedian on the bill. Be it be it, be that person small, <laughs> be that person tall. Yeah. The rest of the comics will be in discomfort behind that comic. I, I love that thing where you go back from a gig though, and uh, all the acts for the bill are in the same car. So maybe there's five people in one car, and then one of them is had a really shit gig. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is hard to deal with for the, both for the person that's had the crap gig and also everybody else in the car because comedians yeah. being as they are they can't help going on and on about it can they i don't what what happened there it's that I, I mean god and you just feel i mean everybody's got to suck it up really haven't they that's the way it goes depends who it is if it's the headliner not good if it's the yeah. driver that's a disaster if it's an open spot Nobody really cares. <laughs> do they really? So they look at him or her and go, "Oh, never mind." Yeah, you know, yeah. Just keep doing it, mate. Just keep doing it. it. There is a strange sort of weird feeling when you've had a bad gig, and the person drives like that. La 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 la. <laughs> You're sort of sat, sat in the back, going, "Oh God, what what am I doing with my life?" There's also the meeting places that. Uh, oh yeah, 
several like if you're going out west the most famous one is outside the apollo theater as in live at the apollo yes comics yeah. normally meet up in the car park there where there's normally a big picture of uh, of an act that's doing much better than you yeah. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. you could say yeah i remember when he was in the car five years ago yeah. <laughs> whatever exactly. happened to him as you see this seven foot poster of him with his thumbs up Good looking going to Portsmouth. Um, <laughs> there's also the etiquette of, uh, you know, of uh, petrol money and stuff like that, isn't it? You know, that's a really important. Everyone should pay their fair share, really. Yes. Uh, there's been some acts who I can't name, uh, one of which is known for the catchphrase of saying, I don't do petrol money. And more inexperienced acts would believe him and say, well, okay, then I won't charge you. But no, that's oh not how God. it works. And, and when he, when I drove him, I turned around, because he also sits in the back seat, even if just two of you in the car, he will sit in the back seat. And I had to say to him, look, I'm not your, um, I'm not your fucking cab driver. Um, <laughs> hey, by the way, that reminds me of it. I am, I am going to name him because it's one of the weirdest car journeys I've ever had. It was, it was in the back of a car back from Shrewsbury. It was Andrew Lawrence. Uh -huh. <laughs> we get in the car. And uh, this is just how weird it was. And I said, oh, uh, do you mind if we put the radio on or listen to some music? And he said to me, I don't do music. Ooh. I don't like music. And then a little shiver ran down my spine. And so I said, well, what do you do? Because I, I actually I like to listen to my, my, I record my act and I listen to it as we go along. And then I make editing suggestions. And then he, he brought out this fucking oh. CD and I'm like, no. No, no, I said, oh, so anyway, I said, look, do you mind if we don't? And then, of course, that annoyed him. So we had about an hour and a half when nobody spoke in the car. <laughs> and it, I was scared. You know, it's like that scene in the Allen film where uh, I don't really remember. I think it was Annie Hall, the brother, goes, I keep having these uh, yeah. these uh, premonitions that I'm going to kill someone. And it, it cuts to the guy driving and the guy next to him is going, <laughs> and I was exactly like that. Someone tried to put Richard Pryor on. I said to him, I said, look, I, I don't think we should really put on a comic that's better than both of us to listen to <laughs> on the way there. You know, I've got to tell you, I'm talking about petrol money. I, I won't name this guy, but uh, this actually happened. He went to the petrol station to get some petrol. And he goes, he said, uh, came back and he goes, uh, uh, yeah, none of my cards work. Can I borrow your card and then I'll pay you back? So I said, well, yeah, okay. So we split the petrol in half. And it's 25 quid. And to this day, it's about 10 years ago. I've never <laughs> had the fucking money. He's never paid me back. Since the discussion about the safety of women comics, more female comics don't tend to share lifts. I can sort of get that and understand it. Having said that, I have to say that the worst people who have ever been in my car have been two female comics. It was in Hull. But during the gig, they got more and more pissed. And then by the time we left the gig, they were completely pissed, but they got more drink, brought it with them, drank lots of beer in the car, started smoking recreational drugs in the car. <laughs> Raucous singing. Both of them passed out in the car before we got to London. Oh, Had my to God. Wake both of them up, drop them off at their homes because there was no way. They could be dropped anywhere but their homes and left to the car 
smelling suspicious with tons of empty bottles <laughs> in there. God, if you'd have been stopped after that, yeah. Yeah. Basically, two reasons why I got a car. One, I did a gig and we were coming back and I was starting to go to the toilet and they wouldn't stop the car. In the end, it got to the point where I said, look, you've got to stop. Just pull off at the first exit. I've got to go to the toilet. Yeah. So they did. Jumped out the car. And that's when I found out that the expression pissing into the wind really does have a meaning. (laughs) Because I did exactly that. And the wind blew it right back onto me, (laughs) onto my trousers. Had to get back into the car. They just laughed at me. And then the second thing that made me decide, no, this has got to stop. Um, headlining a gig in Plymouth. Uh, we came back really late at night. It was about between two and three in the morning. And the person designated as the London driver actually didn't live in London. He lived in Brighton. So he said, um, look, I'm I'm not going to drop you in London. I'm going to drop you here at Heathrow at 2.30 on a Sunday morning. Yeah, that's happened to me before. Uh, and I, I said, well, wait a minute, it's also a snowstorm. And I said, but you can't drop me here in a snowstorm. He said, well, you can get a train. I said, there is no trains on Sunday at 2.30 in the morning. He said, well, there's a night bus. There's one bus an hour. Of course, it turned out bus delayed because of snowstorm. So <laughs> I was stood outside for two hours. Bus finally turns up, get on the bus. Of course, it took two hours to get to get into the centre of London and yep. on a bus where the heater had packed up. So it was oh. freezing. Then I had to walk. By the time I got in, it was about four or five in the morning, almost as long as the journey from Plymouth was for me to get from Heathrow yeah. to my home. And I said to myself, this is never going to happen to me again. I think that's a good way to stop. So uh, thank you for watching or listening to this podcast. So if you're listening as part of the Podomy Bunch of Podcasts, which of course we are now, check out their other offerings. Also, if you enjoyed this, tell your friends, enemies, members of your family, passers-by, next-door neighbours, anyone you know, anyone you don't know. Yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, like, ring the bell. I should put an email in, because there is an email for uh, this web, the podcast, and I should put that in the description so if you want to send us any questions or or threats do it through there (laughs) oh careful careful what you wish for yeah (laughs) cheers anyway see you on the next one This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.